0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat. NBA Finals Game 4 reaction. Not a great one once again for the culture close game, game 4, Lakers end up winning 102-96 and what can you say? Heater down 3-1. It is sort of a a crushing result when you when you you look back to game 3, no bam, no Goron, heat come out, Jimmy scores 40, one of the best games in NBA finals history. And it just looks like the momentum has shifted, and as you know, I mentioned before last episode, it, it's strange to say, "Oh, down two-one," but the the momentum shifted to the Heat. But the way they won that game without Goron, without Bam, it just really, it really looked like it shifted, and the Heat had their chances in Game Four, six points. They they only lost by six. But now down three-one, and it's hard to pinpoint. You know, really exact. The Heat played great defense. The Lakers played great defense. Um, I've harped on here and on other shows about Jimmy Butler all year, really, but particularly in the playoffs in his. Not being aggressive to score. And I think at first glance, a lot of people are going to look at the box score and say, oh, Jimmy Butler only took 17 shots. He only finished with 22 points. That's your difference. And blame and and put part of the blame on Jimmy. And look, of course, when your best player, you know, coming off of a 40 point game, he only has 22. He only takes 17 shots. You're going to say, oh, well, Jimmy didn't do it. And he wasn't. And normally, that would be exactly where I'd go first. That's that's where I would start, and I would crush him for not being aggressive. I'm not going to do that this time. I can't do that this time. Because I think Jimmy Butler was aggressive. I think he was looking to score. I think he was playing at a high level. But credit where credit's due. Frank Vogel took arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. Anthony Davis, and put him on Jimmy Butler. And all of those line drives and those straight line drives into the paint where Jimmy pivots and he gets those fadeaway jumpers or, or layups or any of those last game, it was tough. It was absolutely the toughest maybe that it's ever been for him. I mean, that that is a just especially the way the Lakers play – not allowing you to get into the paint in the first place. But now you're a player like Jimmy Butler and you, your main strength in your game is getting to the basket, getting to the foul line, getting into the paint. And now you got nine feet of wingspan standing in front of you and seven feet of, of eyebrow of unibrow. It, it's a daunting task to say, I'm going to go get 40 again. So I Yeah, blame you could blame Jimmy Butler if you want for what ha, for for not being aggressive enough, but I just I if that's if that's going to be one of the arguments, I disagree. I think Jimmy Butler was aggressive. I just think they had trouble adjusting to the fact that Anthony Davis guarded Jimmy Butler and did a great job. And to me, you know, if this series holds, and this is the result lakers are up 3-1 the defense anthony davis played on jimmy butler coming off of them one of the best games in nba history makes him the finals mvp i mean you could you could knock what happened in in game 3 but lebron hasn't played great and the lake and, and and their numbers combined they only combined for 50 points so, so, on the opposite end, the Heat did what you want to do to the Lakers. Anthony Davis, once again, I mean, he was 8 of 16, which is efficient, but 16 shots is not a lot for Anthony Davis. LeBron, 8 of 16, also efficient. But 16 shots is not a lot for LeBron James. And in the second half, LeBron was just chucking above the break threes. They were not allowing these guys to do what they normally do offensively. They only combined for 50 points. So, when you look around and you say, all right, well, Jimmy Butler's not able to get his buckets. He's not able to get his shots. LeBron and AD unable to get their shots. So so then what? Role players. Role players got to step up. And for the Heat, said it before, I'll say it again, Tyler Hero is going to be a star. He's an absolute stud the kid has ice in his veins for 20 years old. He finished with 21, which is great. Needed it. Big shots again in the second half. Didn't look great in the first half. Big shots in the second half. Bam Adebayo played. I'll get to Bam in a second. 13 points from the bench. Um, Not good. Kelly Olenek, four points, only played 12 minutes. Kendrick Nunn, two for 11 minutes at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You know, Duncan and, and Bam get in foul trouble, so Kelly Olynyk and Kendrick Nunn have to play at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Not great. Not a great situation to be in because Kendrick Nunn looked bad. Two of 11. Iguodala, not expecting him to get a ton of points, but only three points. So 13 points between those three guys off the bench. Combined... Or excuse me, compared to twenty-seven points from the Lakers bench. So look right there. That's your. <laughs> I mean, and 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 if you need to look any further for how much of an impact Goran Dragic had on this game, not having Goran Dragic has thirteen to twenty-seven in bench scoring is a is a big deal. But but not just the bench. So you know the Heat bench only scored thirteen points. Tyler Hero played well. Duncan Robinson. 17 points, so that that's that's good, but major liability on defense, and because of that, got torched by Contavious Caldwell-Pope multiple times. KCP finishes with 15. They get 25 points out of Danny Green and KCP, so you know even though the heat's defense was great in their game plan to, to limit lebron and ad and make the other guys beat you worked i still i've brought, I brought it up before i i wonder when you get to the point where it's like yeah duncan robinson at 17 he also went to the line 6 times which is rare they the, the lakers have played such incredible defense on him he was only able to take 7 shots and while he was three for six from three and and shot the ball better, like five fouls, guys are driving by him in a defensive battle where every possession possession matters. It's not a high scoring game in the first place. I get it, he stretches the floor, but in important minutes like that, do you go away from him? I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not Eric Spolstra. I trust Eric Spolstra. But you got to wonder in, in those, in those minutes, just like is it, is his ability to stretch the floor when he's not able to get shots worth his inability on the defensive end against this team? Cause he's making Kentavious Caldwell Pope look like a stud. Cause he's been, he's been their third best player in this series. Um, so it's a big question, but that but Look, the the Heat's, the Lakers' role players offensively outplayed the Heat's role players when it comes down to it, particularly the bench, because again, you know Tyler and 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 Duncan got their points, they scored, but twenty seven to thirteen in bench scoring, it's a big deal when when you're you know, Jimmy's not getting his shots, Bam is coming back off an injury, Jay Crowder, eight points, two of seven, he was he was bound to have a subpar shooting night. It happened. So it, there's got to be an answer there, right? Cause if you want a chance to come back in this series, if you're going to shut down LeBron in a, in, in a D you probably st- got a Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope and Danny Green combining for 25 is tough. I mean, you, I guess you live with them taking the shots still. And that's, and that becomes the difference. You know, one one thing that I, I I've considered also, it's just, and and I hate to even pose this as a possibility, but game two and game three, the Heat scored 115 and 114 points, and the offense looked unstoppable. And a lot of the offense was Jimmy Butler guard to guard screens. Or Jimmy Butler in screen, or Tyler Hero in screen roles with Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard, who are bigs who can shoot the ball. I just wonder, seeing how the how the Heat played in those two games, is this a bad offensive matchup to have Jimmy and Bam running pick and rolls with each other, or being in a two man game when they're both limited? To non shooters, so that the Lakers are able to collapse the paint, pressure shooters more, double, put more, you know, it's just, you know, the, the idea that the Lakers felt comfortable moving Anthony Davis off of Bam Adebayo and putting him on Jimmy Butler is a little concerning. And so Bam comes back. He's initiating the offense a lot. I get it because that's what he does. And this is not knocking Bam because matchups make, you know, they say in fighting, matchups make fights. Um. You saw two games in a row, Jimmy Butler was the guy initiating the offense, getting guys involved. And he almost had a triple-double. So it's not like he had a bad game, but, you know, I just wonder if insisting on bam initiating offense at times took away from what Jimmy had done so well over the last two games. You know, and I mentioned Kelly Olynyk only playing 12 minutes after having 17 24 in game 2 and 17 in game 3, he's such a big part of the offensive success only takes four shots you don't i, I and I, i'm not saying you want to play Kelly Olynyk over Bam but 33 minutes to 12 minutes after you know you won your first game in the series with Kelly Olynyk playing major minutes maybe 20 to maybe twenty-twenty in Bam's first game back cuz like to me just having Bam back is an emotional boost for your team so you don't necessarily have to play him all all those minutes and You know, you can make the argument defensively they held them to, you know, 102 points. Yeah, well, in game three, they held them to 104 points, and they won. They scored 150. The Heat scored 115. So, again, I'm not saying necessarily that Bam is the reason the offense was struggled, but the offense was definitely different tonight, and the difference is that Bam out of bio is the difference, at least from a lineup perspective, Bam is there. Um, and let me tell you something, too. Not to be overlooked. The Heat scored 98 in Game 1. Game 4, 96. Two games without Bam on the floor... 114, 115. Matchups make fights. What do you do next game? You don't go, I don't anticipate going away from Bam, and maybe I'm seeing something different. And I'm sure Eric Spolstra, again, the genius, the Hall of Fame coach, he knows better than I do. But I, I just wonder if there's a correlation there. I've said in this series that I think for the heat to win they have to shoot more threes and they have to play faster and it just seemed like even though they didn't shoot a ton of threes in the last two, in games 2 and 3 they were playing faster they're getting to the line putting Jimmy out there with a bunch of shooters it, it accentuated what he does best which is getting to the line getting to the paint creating for others getting buckets at the rim i just wonder is do they need to go back to Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard a little more, still play Bam. And I still contend that I think it happened for maybe like two minutes, but they played Kelly Olynyk and Bam together for a couple minutes. Why? You could do that too. If you need to, especially if Jay Crowder's not shooting the ball. Well, but just to me, you, you know, you got Kelly Olynyk was such a big part of the last two games and then plays 12 minutes and only takes four shots. He's your spark plug off the bench. He's your spark plug off the bench right now. If Goran Dragic is not healthy, someone's got to be the spark plug off the bench. And Kendrick Nunn certainly wasn't that guy. So, we'll see game five. Obviously, every... uh, uh, Look, Goran Dragic, he warmed up uh, for game four. And... That, in and of, that, that was amazing, and in and of itself, if you heard yesterday his media availability, the guy was on the brink of tears. And just as a side note, you know, he, he warmed up, and after he was done warming up, he was sitting out on the sideline with what looked like Chris Quinn and, a, and maybe a trainer. And I, I get it, reporters, you, you got to do your job and sort of document what you see. But there's a video there was a video floating around after clearly after he had they had made the decision or he had made the decision that he wasn't going to play in game 4 go on Dragić. And and he was getting emotional and he was tearing up. And it's it's so clearly it's so hard on this guy. So why whoever is shooting this video on your camera phone or whatever, do you have to zoom all the way in on his face and just stay there while the guy is on the brink of tears? This grown man who's played in the NBA for 12 years, who's clearly taking this so hard and post it. I love Goran Dragic, but he's clearly taking this. Yeah, you think he's taking it hard? Yeah, I think he's taking it hard. Do we have to like flaunt this video of this man near tears? I get it, like, fans, you love his passion, but was there ever any doubt about his passion? I don't want to see a video of Goran Dragic crying before the game. Just the fact that he was out on the floor is good enough for me. Just the fact that he went out and tried to play with a torn plantar fascia that he said was completely popped. A day after he was getting emotional in the media availability, you know that the guy, like, we know that he's emotional. Why do we have to... Blast this video of him almost crying before a game because he's not playing. I don't want to see that. I already feel like shit that he's not playing. It sucks. It sucks for It sucks for him more than anybody. You you think he wants a video out there of him crying before the game? Come on. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. But, the positive that comes out of it is this. In my limited Extremely, extremely limited Medical knowledge. Just the fact that he warmed up meant he must have felt pretty good today. Because the other thing he said in his media availability going on was that the trainers have told him constantly that it's a day-to-day thing, that one day he could be in excruciating pain, and the next day he could feel great. So he must have woken up today and felt good enough to at least try and Game five is not till Friday. So you got to feel good about potentially having Goron back, which even if he's not completely healthy, bench scoring is at a premium right now. And you got to assume that the Lakers are going to go back to Anthony Davis guarding Jimmy Butler. So you, you need another guy who can penetrate and score. And he was a leading scorer, obviously, throughout the playoffs. So, anything you can do right now because 3-1. It's 3-1. I'm not ready to say it's over. I'm not. You look at the Western Conference playoffs, the Nuggets. You know, they came back from 3-1 twice. We've seen... LeBron James come back from 3-1 against I mean arguably the best team in NBA history and listen the Lakers are good but they're not the Warriors they they're just not the form, the, the blueprint Miami is, has figured out a blueprint defensively to shut these guys down to limit this team like again if you hold the Lakers to 102 points you should win the game you should win. Now something's got to give offensively. Getting Goron back, maybe that's the difference. But I'm not ready to just to- totally say it's over. Anything can happen. Adjustments will be made. They have to figure out a way to get Duncan Robinson more shots. Three for six from three tonight. It looked like he was gonna it looked like it was gonna be one of those nights where he won off. He had seventeen. It's good. He needs more shots. They got to figure it out. Probably need to play Kelly Olynyk a little more, and maybe get Gorham back and look. Hundred held the Lakers one hundred two points. Lakers just played a little bit better defense, a little bit better. You had your shots. There was a puncher's chance in the in game four to win and pull it within two two. I've said it before. No moral victories. There's absolutely there's no moral victories. That's clear. But I still think it's possible. And if there's a coach and a player that I believe have a chance to make that happen, Eric Spolscher and Jamie Butler. So we'll see. Uh, So game five, Friday night. So I will be back with you recapping and hopefully uh, it's a good recap and we're still alive. And, uh, There's more basketball to be played. I think the story is yet to be written on these finals. So we'll see you on Friday. And, uh, you know, come on. If you're listening by now, you know. Heat Nation.